Before we get into today's episode, can we just take a moment to celebrate? This is episode 50 of the Missing Pillar of Health podcast. Now, if you're an avid podcast listener and you've been listening to very established podcasts, this might seem like not that big of a deal because it's kind of a low number compared to those who are in the hundreds of episodes. But the majority of podcasts don't actually make it this far. And so for that, I say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for your ratings and reviews because all of these actions help me be able to continue the show. So this is a collective celebration for episode 50 today. Now, if you've ever been told that your lab results are normal, your symptoms are all in your head, or there's nothing that the medical community can do for you, but you know in your gut that something's wrong and you're just not prepared to settle, then I am very excited to introduce you to my guest in today's episode, Andy Clark. After struggling for 20 years with a myriad of symptoms, it was when she started doing fitness competitions that her body started shutting down. As a personal trainer, she was fit, and yet she could no longer work out without it completely draining her. Over the years, she experienced fatigue, brain fog, muscle aches, skin issues, gut issues, and more. Yet her doctor did test after test. Andy fought hard to get some of those tests. And they all came back normal, so no solution was offered. Andy decided to take matters into her own hands and started researching and pushing for answers. Andy and I met about five years ago when she was working through what she called adrenal fatigue at the time. She joined my program, and we worked through my signature process to lower toxins in her home. Since then, she's figured out more about her body and how to support the symptoms she was experiencing. She uncovered the missing pieces to the puzzle as to why exercise and nutrition alone were not enough to stop her from experiencing two huge burnout crashes in her life. Because of this, she made the tough decision to sell her business and switch from a 25-year career as a successful personal trainer, nutrition and mindset coach, to high-level executives and athletes, into reversing and preventing burnout in first responders. Word spread fast with the results they were getting, and first responders started asking for help all over North America, the UK, and Australia, as well as hiring Andy to speak nationally for service teams. Then COVID hit and other entrepreneurs started asking for help with sleep, focus, energy, and other burnout symptoms. Andy has now expanded her services of burnout prevention and performance optimization to include elite entrepreneurs. Her personal story is something that she's turned into service for others, and I think it is such an important story because so many people are going through the medical system without being listened to, heard, or offered solutions for their symptoms. In this episode, we talk about navigating the medical system when you know something's wrong, but your tests come back quote-unquote normal, how the stress system works and what happens when it's off balance, the role toxins played in Andy's symptoms and recovery, and advice if you're experiencing symptoms and are struggling to get support from your doctor. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Welcome to the Missing Pillar of Health podcast, the show that tackles the often misunderstood and underestimated topics related to toxins and their impact on our health and well-being. I'm your host, environmental engineer, mom of two, and founder of Green at Home, Emma Roman. 
My mission is to help you reduce toxins in your life without fear, judgment, or shame, so you can be more informed and empowered to take action on issues that matter to your health. The research is clear that toxic chemicals found in the products we use, food we eat, water we drink, and air we breathe are contributing to the rise of chronic illness, allergies, infertility, autoimmune disease, and more. The good news is you can reduce your exposure without having to drastically change your lifestyle, and I'm here to show you how. As Margaret Mead said, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. I believe addressing toxins is a critical step towards creating healthier and happier families, communities, and ultimately a better planet. And that starts right here, right now. Let's dive into today's show. Hello, Andy. It is so great to have you here today. Thank you so much. I am excited about this conversation. We have been friends for a while now, and it's been really interesting seeing your journey as you have been kind of untangling and parsing out different things with your health, but also seeing you apply it to help other people. So I'm really excited for this conversation for a few different reasons. One, I just love chatting with you, but I think a lot of people will hear bits of themselves in this conversation. And it's unfortunately things that people have just been struggling with or thinking that it's their new normal. And it's my hope that those of you listening who may be dealing with some of the things that we talk about may gain a better understanding of what's going on and that there is some hope. So with that, let's dive in. Let's why don't you walk people through what your journey has been with your health? Okay. So I didn't know it at the time, but I've actually struggled a lot of my life. Major allergies, hay fever, like hives reactions to things. Like I remember strawberry picking as a little kid and you know, you have a few when you come home and hives everywhere. So many different reactions. I noticed there was moods even growing up that I would be fine. And all of a sudden I'd be triggered and I would just start yelling usually at my family. So there's a lot of friction in our house as well. And I didn't realize any of these things were related. When I was in my early twenties, that is when I decided to do fitness competitions. And I did a couple and my body just crashed flat out. My whole life has been sports. It's been athletics. It's been being active and being out. And I was a personal trainer and everything was being active. And I hid from everybody that I couldn't even work out anymore. I tried trying to lift a weight, would almost feel like my energy would drain. I'd be thoroughly exhausted. I would go to work, do what I needed to do. And I would come home and struggle. We're in the city. I would struggle to make it up the steps of the, of the subway. And I would just sit on my couch and wait for bed. And I would keep trying to play some sports and do things. And I kept going to my doctor. So this was about a 20 year span Wow, my early twenties until I was pregnant with my second child when I was 39. And I was in, I was having another full burnout crash with him again. So in between that time, because I was really good with exercise, really good with nutrition, I could monitor what days I could move at least. And, and I was so clean in my eating. 
that I was able to get up and push through every day. But I kept going to my doctors through that, those 20 years and being like, there's something wrong. I don't have energy, but they'd look at me and I still looked fit. I'm still a personal trainer. And they're like, oh, you're fine. You know, you're okay. Or they would get me to do some tests or because of my gut, they'd get me to, you know, take more fiber in or just simple little things. They do blood tests, say these are showing normal. And then when I was pregnant with my second child, I I couldn't do anything. I couldn't move. I couldn't. I'm looking back to, and I guess it's what we call morning sickness and all of this, but it was nine months with me. I couldn't handle any smells. I couldn't handle, I could not go in a grocery store because I couldn't handle meats. But even before being pregnant, I couldn't handle going two aisles over from a soap scented. I stopped going out in public. I like, I, I really just became recluse. And at home, there was a short fuse. My husband didn't know what day he could look at me and would smile. And it was okay to smile at me. And another day of smile wasn't okay. With the kids too, like it was just, it was a struggle. It was such a struggle. And after my son was born, he then had major eczema, the worst case our doctor had ever seen. And just a a really quick fast forward on this when he was six, we went to the doctor and the doctor kept going over his skin going, it's gone. Like what happened? Where did this eczema go? He said, that was the worst case I'd ever seen with any child, even in the last six years. So he had eczema. We found out when he was like three or four, he was having major headaches that we almost took him to the hospital. And I finally, I don't normally do over-the-counter medications. We finally gave him like an Advil, asked him how his head was. He says, my tummy's better. Like, what do you mean? Found out every single day of his life, his tummy hurt. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was like all these things. And it's like, holy crap, this isn't just me. This is my son too. Skin issues. I had always skin issues and allergies and gut issues and moods. He would be sad crying in my arms one minute. And then like another moment, he could be instant rage. Meanwhile, most of the time he's this calm, sweet, caring, thoughtful child. And it would just be this switch that would go off. And so it's been a journey it was finally listening to a podcast one day that listed all of our symptoms. And I remember crying that day and thinking, holy crap, it's not in my head because going to doctors, going to specialists, having all these tests, having all these things be negative with my son. He had been going to pediatric gastroenterologists, pediatric allergists, and everybody was saying, no, there's nothing. Everything's fine. He's normal. This is, And we're like, holy crap. And I was like, this can't be normal. My son is not going to live the life that I lived. So... It was just hearing that podcast was like, holy crap, okay, went into adrenals in your stress system. And so I started studying and studying and studying. And I went to my doctor and I was like, okay, can you check my adrenals? Can you check my cortisol? And we talked about Addison's disease, which is the lowest two and a half percent functioning of your stress system, of your cortisol levels. And she tested, came back. Well, when I was in the office too, she's like, well, I don't really know much about Addison's or Cushing. So she looked into it. And when I came back, she goes, yeah, you have some signs. She goes, your test results aren't there yet. I was showing about 10% of cortisol levels. Two and a half percent is when you're in the hospital, Addison's disease and your organs are crashing out. And I left there upset. She said, we're going to monitor this and I'll set you up with an endocrinologist, which was a six month wait. And I left there thinking, I'm showing signs of a disease and you tell me we're going to monitor this. And I was pissed. 
And I kept doing more research and more research. And that's where like my journey found you. My journey found somebody to help me with hormones and help me with my gut. And it was this, there were so many ups and downs finding practitioners that said they could help, but didn't understand the full depth of the situation because I have genetic variants involved in this. It's been a huge journey, a huge learning. And I swore I wouldn't let anybody struggle like I did. So that's what got me to what I do today. But my son and I are like, we have our lives back. Like I socialize, I'm happy again. I have energy again. I'm working out again. I'm back into sports. I mean, last weekend, my husband and I were at the vo- at the, the beach playing volleyball, which is how we met. And I had to stop playing. Every time we go to the park with the kids, my husband and I bring a bell and pepper. Like we're active, we're busy. I have a brain to cook and clean and help around the house and do things with the kids and stay calm. And we have our family life back together. And I don't know if you can hear on the audio, Andy is getting emotional telling her story and it so many people are going through situations like this and I think thinking back to talking with you in the kind of early days of when we got to know each other there were still a lot of unknowns for you and all of this has been you fighting for your health and It was you pushing for tests and you having to do all of the research while at the time, because you were going through a period of very intense brain fog as well, right? Oh, yeah. And there was a period where I think you identified as having adrenal fatigue. Yeah. But that shifted a little bit, did it? In terms of what the, what the problem was? Yes. And no, like adrenal fatigue is a very vague word adrenal fatigue can mean so many things so what a lot of us are experiencing our adrenal fatigues our adrenals are fatigued but it's like why so it's really coming up with the reasons as to why are your adrenals fatigued and where is this coming from because there might be people listening to this that are saying wow i have a lot of these symptoms i have the brain fog my sleep was struggle you know exhaustion from the moment I opened my eyes, but then can't sleep once my head hits the pillow. The memory, the just, you know, having conversation with my husband and then walking out of the room going, crap, what did he just ask me to do? I don't remember that. The short fuse, all of these things, the sadness, the depression, anxiety, needing to control things. We may have a lot of the same symptoms. I also was put on the pill when I was really young because my cycles were through the roof. Like I would use super tampons for two weeks straight And that wasn't even always enough, changing them every hour or two, which was horrible when you're like 16 years old Mm -hmm. to like, and then doing that two weeks later, like it was this whole thing where my cycles were off all these things. We may have a lot of the similar symptoms, but what's going on in our adrenals and on in our stress system can be all different things. And it's, there's so many different factors. So it's really, you need somebody that understands so many pieces of the puzzle instead of somebody that just specializes in one aspect. I was going to say, like, we're talking about a very personal story and symptoms. Like, this isn't going to diagnose anybody listening. So if you're, if you're hearing this and saying, Oh, I've got all of that. I must have the same thing. Don't do that. However, know that. And I think part of the power of sharing your story is the advocacy work that you did. Like, what was it like going into these doctor's offices and continually being told? No, all of your stuff is normal. In the beginning, you knew in your gut that this was not normal and this was not okay. And then over time, you were able to do some research and kind of, it sounds like mount a case for yeah. 
your doctor to take this more seriously? My doctor still doesn't take this seriously. Okay. Yeah, it's I've got had to go outside of her. I have a meeting with her in a week because I've requested some blood tests to have done to check some things. And we're going to dive into this again. But four months ago, five months ago, maybe a little longer, I sent them a bunch of my test works. And I was like, you know, this is the the stool test I did. This is the genetic testing. This is the um, hormone testing. This was, there's another, it's, an, it's kind of like a car emissions test, like how my body's emitting things. And I, I sent the, all these to them and I'm like, these are the ones that have shown all the answers that I need. This is what got me on the right path. I'm sharing everything with you to go through it. They called me up and they said, oh, okay, you know, we saw your test results. You know, I'd like to ask you some questions. I'm like, okay. So they start going through the last 20 years of tests with me, different colonoscopies, different stool tests, different things. And every time they did, I kept saying to them, and that was negative. And that was negative. And we did these blood tests. I'm like, and they were negative. And we did this. And I said, and those were negative. And and I'm like, well, did you look at the tests I sent you? They're showing you what's going on and they're showing you what I've done and where I'm at and how everything is. And they're like, oh, I don't know how to read those tests. Yeah. And it's and been this no, journey too. It's Sorry. no fault of the doctors necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like the, it, it's just, it's a very different training. And I've spoken about this before where, you know, GPs and even certain MD specialists are limited in their training. So it's really important to know what they are able to read and what their training is in terms of acceptable limits. There are very different definitions depending on the type of practitioner that you're going to. Yeah. And I kind of, it took me a while to digest that and understand it and for the anger to go away. But our our medical system, our Western system is based on crisis reactive medicine. It's all disease standpoint. And we need it. We ha- we need it. When my mm-hmm. mother had cancer, she needed them. When you need to go into that emergency room and they need to do triage medical, like we need them. We 100% need that medicine that they are taught, that they read, that they do. But if we look at it differently from the medicine that they do to the functional standpoint, which is more the preventative side, they would have to go again, for an entire new schooling in order to learn that. And when we look at the tests as well, the testing that's done for them is compared to, let's just say there was blood tests and there was a thousand people that did blood tests for our medical, that our medical system is is rating their rates on of where your cortisol should be or your, your D, your testosterone, estrogen, all of these things. And they're rating that to a thousand people that have come into the hospital to get tests. But most of those people are already are there because there's an issue and there's a problem and something's off in their body. Mm-hmm. When you go from a functional standpoint, they they take a thousand blood tests from people that are, as far as they know, healthy, that are not going to have issues looked at and checked into. So those markers, those standpoints they're looking at are what are the D levels in people that are healthy and don't have limitations? What are the estrogen testosterone levels of those? And they're looking at it from preventative optimal standpoints, whereas our medical system is trained for the disease markers. They want to be finding the disease markers because that's when they come in with the triage and the reactive medicines to help those. So there's a time and a place for both. And it's just understanding when we need both of them. Yeah. So with your experience and the stress system being a kind of key player in your health journey, you've been supporting other people with their stress system. So I would love to talk about what that stress system 
is and what happens when it's out of balance. And you talked through some of the symptoms that you've had an experience, but if we can kind of go into what's going on in the body. Yeah. So there's three key players is your hormones, your nervous system, and your gut. So I relate these almost to a car where you have your, you have the engine of the car. The engine is your stress system. That is what keeps your body monitored, your energies, moods. It is in charge of 50 different hormone responses. So your thyroid, cholesterol, blood pressure, all of your digestion, organs, how your body detoxes, all your detox pathways, your liver, and it goes into moods, cognitive thinking. There's so many different things that, that your hormones and that your stress system is in charge of. Inflammation, healing, sleep, waking, energy, all of these. And it's really important to understand that different ones can be off in different people. So reactions are different. But then we get that nervous system where your nervous system, anytime your body has never adjusted since caveman days. So your body doesn't know the difference between spilling your coffee, between your children screaming at each other, between that and a major hot priority emergency. Like the example I give is being chased by a lion or a bear. Yes, exactly. Right. So it doesn't know the difference. It also doesn't know the difference between a long-term stress of possibly having an ill child or dealing with the financial stresses or burdens of things that are long-term versus an accident that just happened. And when there is something that just happens, when you need that fight or flight response, you need that extra adrenaline rush in order to lift a car off of somebody, right? That is what our stress system is supposed to elicit, but we don't need all those things pushing out when we're getting blue lights from reading our emails, when we're doing all these these smaller long-term stressors. So your nervous system kicks in and your stress nervous system is like a muscle. And the more you work it, the stronger it gets, the quicker it reacts. And it starts slowing down your, it slows down your resting nervous system. So then we struggle to unwind. We struggle to be calm. We struggle to sit there and play games with our kids without being like totally on about everything that's there, thinking about our to-do list and everything that we have to do. We we struggle to shut off that and that nervous system kicks in. Thing is as well is when you're being chased by the lion, you don't have to have a meal or have a poop. So your colon slows down and your digestion slows down. Or reproduce. Yes. Or right? reproduce. It takes exactly. away energy from all of those quote unquote non-essential functions at the time. Absolutely. Yeah. And the thing is, is this nervous nervous system is always kicking in, always switching you into that stress system, throwing off those hormones, which are part of your reproductive, part of all of those hormones we talked about. It ends up being this whole vicious cycle of things that are going on, which is why all of us present with different symptoms as well. And if we look at it from the sense too, that's the engine that runs everything. If it keeps dying, we can only boost that battery so many times before certain things just start shutting down and not working. You can put in that premium gas of really good exercise, really good nutrition. But if that engine isn't working, doesn't matter how good of gas you're going to put in, that engine isn't going to come back to life or function optimally. So we really need to make sure that we're working with those hormones, nervous system and gut together and really diving into that and figuring out all of the triggers 
the hormone disruptors, all of the toxins coming in, all of the different stressors that are coming into play to stress that out and then adding in that healthy nutrition, the exercise, all of those things will keep it going optimally and taking those toxins out of your life. All of those things compound to keep that engine running smoother, longer. So when you are working with people, what are the kinds of things that you look for, A, and then kind of start to change to get their stress systems back under control? So... We start off with a huge intake form that dives into their metabolic system. So that includes their digestion. It includes their hormones. It includes different ways that their body is, is emitting toxins, different things. So we can start finding out how sensitive are they to toxins? How sensitive are they to certain foods? How sensitive is their gut? How do they digest? What comes in? What comes out? All of these different things. Sleep. We go into this huge in-depth intake form, what's health says, see where is somebody struggling? And when anybody starts with us, we automatically start them off with a hormone test and a hair mineral analysis test and one other bacteria, one that checks their gut bacteria. So we kind of hit the hormones nervous system gut to start them with that base. And from there, based on other questions, things that we found out about them, then we may offer some other different kinds of testing, but it is so specific on their symptoms. And then when it comes to creating a plan to help support them, what are the sorts of things that you have people work through? So different things based on their test results first, we get them on certain supplementation. There is no way that your body with the amount of stressors that we have, especially this last year with COVID and everything, that your body, that you can get enough vitamins and minerals that your adrenals and your thyroid, that your stress system requires, that flies through to support your body. There's no way that you can get enough of those from just food alone. So we, that the testing, that hormonal analysis helps us figure out what you specifically need. So we make sure that you get the vitamins and minerals. If you showed heavy metal toxins too, we need to first then look at your detox pathways and start supporting those and make sure they're strong before we can get those heavy metals out of you. The hormones too, there's different things to do in order to make sure that your hormone pathways are going the right way. So that's the first base. But then as they're going through that, we start going through different lessons that teach them how to start taking stress out of their life. We start off with water. Most people are dehydrated. And then we get into breathing and sleep. Sleep is a big factor when you're not getting into a good sleep, your body can't detox. And that we had, I did a whole other episode on sleep, which I will link in the show notes with Dr. Olivia Rose that talks about the importance of it and some, and some other tips there. Amazing. Yeah. Like sleep is just so huge and we don't give it the credit that it deserves. Totally gave it its own episode because I, I know that it's something that we, we often overlook. And it's also, it's almost like we've glorified not sleeping. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's just, it's unbelievable. Like, yeah, it's, it's, I stayed up late, you know, to get all these things done and, and you're so proud of that, but then it's what it just did to your body and your health and and where that goes. Yeah. So water, sleep and water, sleep and breathing. Yes. Okay. Are just the base foundations. Yeah. So like these are free, fairly, I mean, it's easy, not simple. I think yes. is how I might I might put it. Yeah. Like when you get into the 
habit, it's fine, but it is really tough to change the way that you've been a conditioned to run about, go about your days or be just the ruts that you get in. But that's what I love about how you approach such a complex problem is starting with the things that really anybody can start to introduce. Like we can all stand to drink more water and it's, yes. it's that it's that simple to get started. And and then I imagine there's a bit of that snowball effect, whereas you get into the more strategies, it's kind of building on that foundation. Absolutely. It's it's fascinating too, if you start to let's think of it like a ladder, when there's a ladder with rungs that are closer together, and then you take a ladder where the rungs are almost taller than you are, but you need to get to the same end point, the same destination point. If you slowly, one by one, go up those small rungs, it's easier. You're doing more steps, but you're doing them slowly. You're getting one on top of the other. It compounds, you get to the end. But if you're standing there and you're looking at that first rung and you've given yourself the biggest, most audacious goal out there, like even, even think of water, right? So in water, there's so many components to it too, because it's making sure you get your electrolytes. Are you drinking from plastic water bottles? Are you drinking from your water bottle? Is it filtered? What's in your water? Like we can go so in depth with that, which you teach, but the way that you teach it is that it's what is the first step that you need to get to that end goal up there? Like, when it comes to detoxing and all of that, I was so overwhelmed before I met you. And I knew, I knew I couldn't go down soap aisles. I knew I couldn't, I knew that, oh man, I'm working in a gym too. If anybody had like Axe body spray on or any of those things, I had a client that used to rub bounce sheets on her hair to make it not staticky. And I I was a mess. I was angry after I'd trained her. I was thoroughly exhausted and drained. I couldn't do any workouts after. And I always knew that toxins were an issue for me, but I had no idea where to start. And so what, how did starting to reduce toxins, what changes did you notice? Oh my gosh. I could breathe again. My moods were less. I was less moody. You give an example of the dish soap that I, I love with your, your Medusa analogy. Yeah, it was fascinating. We had, you know, just gradually cleaned out the way that you teach us is, you know, body products, home care products. So we'd been using green dish soap and we ran out and my husband had had a little thing of palm olive in the basement that he was using at work for their work stuff. And he's like, here, use this. I put two drops in the water and instantly my nose started running, my sinuses went, and I got this pressure in my head and this ache down in my, like at the base of my neck, my shoulders instantly started getting tight, which interestingly, I'd been going to physio and Cairo and everything before I started detoxing to try to figure this out, why I was always really painfully tight. And my husband and I were in the middle of just a general conversation. I looked at him and I started yelling at him. And we just stopped, both of us, because beforehand, I used to think it was always him, his fault, his issues. Of course, he'd done something to make me so pissed off right now. He just said something or looked the wrong way. But as I started getting out of it more and more, I realized it was me. And it was usually something that had hit my stress system. So we looked at each other and we were like, holy crap, 
So I instantly drank the water, got out our like hand soap that was non-toxic, got it all off of me. There's some essential oils that I use instantly that will instantly just get me there out of that state quickly. I did that. I went outside, got some fresh air, sun on me, and I breathed for a little bit. Like I I pulled out all the tricks, chugged some water. I did everything. And in about 10 minutes, I was back to a normal human being. Wow. And we used to call her Medusa. Like when she would range, we called her Medusa because it was like, who is this person? I was nice, calm, happy one second, and then instantly not. And it's from dish soap, two drops of dish soap. And so part of this too, I think, is you you have certain sensitivities. Everybody's kind of level of sensitivity is also going to be different. There are some people who have either diagnosed or suspected multiple chemical sensitivity, which manifests in so many different ways from headaches to rashes. I feel like mood is something that is worth starting to pay attention to, but it's also challenging to look inwards Sometimes yes. because it is yeah. so much easier to blame a uh, circumstance or so much other easier. people. So I think a little psychology there. Maybe I'll have a therapist on at some point to talk about that, that aspect of it. But it's so important to start to see these things in you and look at how your environment, you know, maybe it is a trigger. Along the way, you also discovered that you have some stuff going on with your genes that affect how you handle stress, right? Yeah. So I, so when it comes to genetics, you, you can have certain SNPs in your DNA and they, they may be turned off. They may be on. They may be off through testing and through understanding what my SNPs are. We're like, Oh yeah, a lot of these are turned on. So I don't absorb vitamin D very well. And vitamin D is really important to your detoxification system. My detoxification pathways are sluggish as well. My methylation, which is how my cells actually regenerate and repair themselves. So when there is damage from toxins, they don't repair themselves as well or damage from workouts, damage from all kinds of things. They don't repair well. And then and there's just there's a whole bunch of different SNPs that I have that make it so that toxins hit me hard. And understanding that now, though, I've learned how to support those genetic pathways in me through supplementation. It's very easy to help with that, to help my body detox better and through nutritional means to help it detox better that I'm not as affected by these toxins. But I still have to always keep that in perspective and think that just because like think of, I like to think of this like canine dogs. It's really fascinating. When you think of a canine dog, they have this nose that can sniff out bombs or sniff out drugs, right? But nobody else can smell those bombs or drugs. It doesn't mean that when they find them, those bombs and drugs aren't there. So just because I have learned how not to become Medusa, how I have learned how to heal my body so I can work out and have energy and be a human being again, that doesn't mean that these toxins still aren't there. So it doesn't mean, oh yeah, I can just start using these, you know, dish soap again, or I can just because I'm okay to go down the soap aisle now and continue on with my shopping experience and be a human being after. It doesn't mean it doesn't still tax my body. It just means my body's stronger to handle it now. Yeah. It's that bucket analogy where the stressors that you're putting in 
you're controlling the stuff that you can so that the things that you can't control as well, like the laundry aisle in the grocery store or somebody passing you on the sidewalk, isn't going to put you into overdrive. Whereas if you have a full bucket constantly, any little thing can cause reactions. Yeah. It's the struggle, though, when you're with other people who aren't bomb detecting dogs because they don't get it. And it's like, well... And, and, but when they hear that analogy too, sometimes it will shift in people because they're like, Oh yeah, just because I don't smell it doesn't mean it's not there, not harming me either. Yeah. I'm airing another episode with a woman about multiple chemical sensitivity and how they call themselves canaries in the coal mine. Yes. And part of the issue with these sorts of health conversations and why I think it's so important to have them is the majority of the population may not react as strongly. However, we all need to build up more empathy and compassion for people going through situations that we may not understand. And if you are struggling with health issues and being told it's in your head, it is so important to hear stories from others and know that it is likely not. We know our bodies and when we're in tune with them and we know something is wrong, it's one of the most frustrating things that I hear from so many people is that they go in with a health issue and they're told, oh, it's normal or it's in your head. Yeah. Okay. And you don't have to settle for that. Absolutely. And even thinking like, as you're saying that, I was thinking, yeah, then you end up getting reproductive issues later on, not realizing that that buildup had an effect. You just weren't feeling that effect. I mean, I had two miscarriages and I wonder if that has anything to do with how taxed my stress system was. I mean, my second child came out in burnout. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Our bodies are wonderful and complex and it's, yeah, it's quite the journey that you've gone through to try to unravel it. When it came to reducing toxins, what did you find was the biggest hurdle? And what did you do to overcome that? The overwhelm of all the information out there. Honestly, trying to do the research on my own, I'm not trained in understanding how to go through like what you do. You go through these, you go through so fast. If I'll ask you about a product, you can go so fast through you dive in and you're like, oh, this is the the research on this. And this is where the like you, you dive deep into finding out exactly what that product actually has in it when it's not necessarily all on the label and it's not all there. And that's, that's a trained skill. So I find like my time is spent a lot on the stress system and you're my go-to for toxins because I find that we all have so much going on in our lives that we can't be experts in everything. And so you have taught me enough that when I'm in a store, I can read a label and I can be like, ooh, yes or no. For most things that have like ingredient labels and stuff, that was a big overwhelm for me. And I'll say when you first handed me the list of, of, of things to look for, I was like, how do you even say these things? Right. So just even that, like it's, there's a language barrier. There's, which is what they're trying to do too, is confuse you instead of actually stating exactly what these things are. Well, it's also and, regulations. Like, yes, the Health Canada requires them to use the scientific name, which I get. It makes it so that everyone uses the same thing. But yes, it is annoying. 
It is. And it's so confusing. So really understanding that, like you make things easy to swap out. You made it easy for that, but it is that overwhelm of really understanding where to start. Once I started, it started compounding with each thing. And like, as you've taught, I have a list now and I slowly go through that list one thing at a time as, as something needs to be replaced. I'm like, okay, where was my list as to what I was going to replace that with? And then I replace it or so you've made it in a way that I don't feel guilty for using some things around the house that are still like, so there's that guilt. The guilt was a big one. You kind of, it's like, well, all or nothing. No compound makes a difference. So it was understanding, getting through that mindset. It was understanding what to do, how to read labels and honestly having you as my resource to be able to ask questions like in, in your, in your program, going through your program is phenomenal. I refer back to it and then going through to ask you questions when I am stuck on something and then either having you help me with the answers or even guide me on how to find the answers myself has been invaluable. I'm glad that it has been a helpful part of your journey. Thank you for sharing that. Huge. Before I let you go, what advice would you give someone who is struggling with maybe some of the same symptoms that you're experiencing or just the same kind of experience in the medical system? First off is just to understand that our medical doctors are doing their best as far as what their training is. And I think it's it's maybe our job to understand who we need to be going to for certain situations. And don't give up because not every Everyone who says that they can help you is going to be able to. Don't blindly trust everybody. Ask your questions. Find out as much as you can about them. Get references, get referrals from their clients to make sure that they have worked with somebody like you and that they truly understand what they are doing. They're not just going based off of things that they've read and want to try with you. And if you do start working with somebody and it really is not feeling right, stop and continue to use that. I kind of relate this like dating. It really is like dating. Like when we first started dating, we thought we knew what we wanted and needed. We went and tried to find that guy and it wasn't. And we found it. What did we like? What did we need? What did we not need? We adjusted until we found the right partner. And that's the same thing with practitioners. So just because somebody said, hey, this person is is the one that did this and this doesn't necessarily mean they're the one for you as well. So making sure there are so many different specialists, so many amazing functional practitioners out there, ask them all your questions, interview them, find out who they've worked with and make sure they are a good fit for you. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing your story and expertise with us today, Andy. I really appreciated this conversation. My pleasure. Thank you. If this just helps one person, then absolutely worth it. Amazing. Take care. I hope this episode resonated with you. And if you're struggling with similar issues as Andy, I hope it helps and gives you some tools and also some hope. If you would like to learn more about and from Andy, you can find her at biostresshacker.com and I will pop that link in the show notes. Have a great day.